All right, all right. Welcome back to First Generation Bowhunters, episode 55. I'm your host, Adam Buchanan. Thanks for uh, coming back, seeing us here on the show. This episode, I am going to tackle best target for archery practice. Dive in a little bit on some of my favorite products and a few different styles of targets that work really well. And also, I want to give a little recap of Utah's Hunt Expo this last weekend and a workout I was able to join with the uh, Mountain Ops, Cameron Haynes, Eric McCormick, did a little keep hammering workout and a few takeaways there, kind of some fun stuff and really good to meet great people, be around some uh, really strong, strong folks in the industry. So let's, uh, with that, let's dive in here. All right, so off-season, really good time for archery practice, obviously. So you're probably itching around to kind of find, you know, what are the best targets, what are the best things to do. So I have a few kind of different styles of targets to consider. And also, as you're upgrading your targets, you might be wondering, like, what's, is it really worth you know, the higher increase, there's a substantial, you know, increase in <laughs> price, especially when you really update your, uh, your targets there. So I want to kind of break that down, kind of share some of my experience of all things targets and, and what to look for. Before we dive into that, I did want to give a shout out to a voice message that I recently got from Brian. This is a really cool feature that my podcast hosting service offers uh, through Anchor. And so you can just record a question and just send it my way. And we can uh, we can include that right here on the podcast. So kind of cool. So if you want to send me a question and get featured here, like your actual voice, let's do it. His question was around boots. And so I've actually been prepping for that episode for quite a while now, actually a couple weeks. Uh, that episode is coming. So if you have a question on boots, drop me a line on Instagram. I'll get you the link to that little voice recording link, and you can do that. And uh, so, so do it. So I can't, I can't share that recording yet because this episode's about targets, but boots is coming. I also had a conversation with a brand that I uh, am in talks with, and, and they're sending me a pair of some new hunting boots they're launching, so a little bit of a sneak peek there. Also want to give a shout out to Ryan and Jim. They are new listeners who just joined. Uh, Ryan shared just a really cool uh, story around he was out for a really long commute, um, not commute, a flight. He was, he was on a really long f- flight and he was looking for kind of some new podcasts and things to listen to. And he found First Generation Bowhunter and was pretty amped on it. And he referred his friend, Jim. And so, yeah, really, really cool little shout out there. Thank you, Ryan. And I sure appreciate uh, the shout out there on Instagram, uh, White Belt Bowhunter. So props to you, man. Thanks for sharing the first generation bow hunter love. And if you know of any other bow hunters that are kind of starting out, kind of in that early stage, please uh, send them along. Just take a screenshot of how you're listening to the show 
and, and text it over to them or tag me, Adam Buchanan, on Instagram. Love to uh, see that. So thanks for all the awesome promotion lately. That's super, super humbling, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So targets. Targets are... <laughs> Targets are cool. I, I really like targets. A good target goes a really long way. So let's start kind of at the base level. Uh, I think sometimes when people are just starting out, they may not know, you know, like how important maybe certain qualities of targets are. So they just kind of start off with something basic. So I would classify a basic target as like a bag target. So it's kind of made with that kind of scratchy fabric. Um, it's almost like what it's like, almost looks like Tyvek. It's like what you'd wrap a house with when it's under construction. And the inside of these bag targets are just kind of squishy. Like you can, you know, kind of compress them pretty easily. Bag targets, you know, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily bad. I think when you're putting a lot of arrows down range and maybe you're just sighting in a new bow or you're really trying to get a lot of practice under your belt and you're just plowing through a target, they tend to rip up a lot faster and kind of fall apart. So if you're hitting the same spot over and over and over, that little area will just start like coming out, like the inside will start to just empty uh, over time. I think bag targets do have a place though. I think for like base camp, when you're out hunting, I think bag targets are actually really nice. They are inexpensive. You can throw them in the back of the truck and then break them out at camp and, and they work fairly well. So kind of nice for like maybe a low volume of shooting and just like a quick dial-in. So the other thing with bag targets, you can only shoot two sides. And that comes into play when you start looking and upgrading into like a foam target. You can shoot, well, you can shoot four sides, but really that's not the case. Uh, you know, they're a square block and so actually you can flip them well not all of them i was going to say you can shoot six sides but not all block targets are created equal so hold on that for a minute so yeah bag targets i i think good way to get in good for youth as well as they're just kind of I, I don't think i would spend much more i, I don't think i'd spend 150 bucks on on a youth target uh, their poundage is generally a lot lighter than adults and yeah i'd say a bag target's not a bad call for like youth and and maybe around like a base camp so yeah that's um that's a fun one and you know you're not going to be in a whole lot i would say for you know the average bag target um you might be down as low as like 50 50 bucks you know uh, and they are starting to make some bag targets that are more four-sided, which is nice. Uh, you, so you can kind of see that. Um, the yellow jacket is a big one that I'd say is pretty popular. Um, I'll see those at Walmart too. Like you can see those kind of, they're, they're pretty accessible. So yeah, good times, bag targets. Good way to get started, though. I, I don't think they're bad. I will say, though, if you start doing a lot of broadheads, those things will just get ripped apart. I, I would really only say those are really only good for um, 
you know, just field tips. I, I would not put a lot of broadheads through. I mean, that's like once one or two shots, not one or two, but like a handful of shots, probably at base camp, right? As like you're sighting in your bow for the last time before you're walking out onto your hunt. But yeah, that, that stuff will just fall apart. I also say too, bag targets, I've done them. They're not incredibly weatherproof. Um, again, like you might get a better one or more high quality one, but weather can really rip them up. So you got to bring them inside, get them covered and do a lot better that way. Okay. So that's bag targets. Not bad. I think for starting out, you know, they're good for starting out. Ideally, you kind of want to get over to more of a, uh, like a block or a foam target. Now there's, there's a mix here. So there are the block targets. The, the brand is called block, B-L-O-C-K. And I've used these, I've probably on my fourth or fifth block. And I like them because they really are totally sturdy. And the top is actually like plastic molded. So you can't shoot the top. Right, so it's not a, you know, six-sided uh, target. It's really only a four-sided. But I like it because on the four sides, there's different, you know, target sizes, bigger for long distance, really small for more 20, 30-yard distances. I like the different options the block target has. They come in different sizes too. So you can see like the XL, double XL, or just large. And kind of find how mobile you want it. You know, do you want to bring it to camp? Do, you know, they do last a long time. The one thing I would say with them is uh, it's probably like the first two or three inches is foam, like that really, really hard foam. And then when you get past that, the inside of a block target is like, how do you describe it? It's like this styrofoamy, shredded styrofoam, really compressed, but it, it does kind of like fall apart. So I've shot block targets for a long time and they'll last me long enough where I don't feel like I'm having to swap them out a whole lot. But the, the trick is though, when you really hammer the same spot over and over and over, that foam will just fall out, okay? And then you're just shooting this like styrofoamy stuff and that actually kind of turns into a bit of a mess. So, if you kind of know what you're getting into, I would say you can find these on sale a lot and, and get a fairly good deal. They're way better than a bag target, but not as good as a completely full foam target, which we'll kind of get to. The block targets, though, like the handles are pretty nice. They're actually molded. Um, I will say because the top has that plastic mold, it is more weatherproof, but... I have had issues where I'll hit my arrow like more towards the top. Or right, well, let me explain it this way. So if I'm a really long distance, let's say, and I'm like 80 yards, you know, just trying some long distance stuff, I tip the, the block target up a little bit. That way I can kind of arc it, arc the arrow and it'll drop down and hit the target. And I also do this because like in the field that I shoot, I got to make sure like I can see the white dot that I'm shooting after. So I'll kind of arc it up. Well, the problem with that, with a really high hit, 
And maybe I should rethink, you know, tipping my target up a little bit. Maybe that's not the best call. Probably what I should do is build like a little platform to elevate it more. But anyway, just so you know, this is just kind of something I learned the hard way. When I arced it and, and tipped up the front, I'd hit an arrow um, at the top of the target. Let's say I have a really high shot. The field tip will go through the molded plastic and it's really hard to get out or it breaks your arrow or it, it's not good for your arrow. So that's one thing when you're shooting those block targets and you have that molded plastic top and you have the handle, it's all molded. I don't know. And it doesn't happen very often. It's just good for you to know that that is part of the deal with those the block targets. Block targets, uh, the brand also who makes them is Faradine Outdoors. They make a ton of archery gear. I mean, any, I mean, you could look at your bow setup and there's a really good chance that one of your products came from Faradine. So block targets, better than a bag and you can still get into them for a pretty decent deal. But I'd say you're probably in solid hundred dollars for a good block. Um, but yeah, I shot those, I've shot those for many, many years. And then I moved to a completely foam target and I am like all in. <laughs> so I shoot a Reinhardt and I'll share with you definitely in the show notes and um, the exact one that I really like. But the Reinhardts, I really haven't had much as much luck as I have with the Reinhardts. They are burly, burly, burly. The thing I like about them too, they're all, they're mostly black and then they have a yellowish kind of dot speckled all throughout. So you have the long range, the close range, all of that stuff. They even have a side where it has more of the lifelike, you know, the vitals, so the deer vital type thing. And it's, it's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Reinhardt uh, block target there. The thing with them, they are pretty expensive. You're going to jump up almost double of what you'd pay for a block. So you're in the $200 level very, very quickly. Here's what I like about it, though, and here's my pitch for why you should go full form, sorry, full foam, and, and what you get out of this. One, you get full six sides. So you, you get the four sides and then bottom and the top. And then the handle is like this molded rope, and it kind of pops out on one of the sides. And so this thing is completely shootable. There's nothing on this target that is going to jack up your arrow or mess anything up. So really, really like that. And what this is, is just more of an investment. So it's going to last way longer. I would almost say it's going to last an equivalent of two block targets, maybe even three, because this thing is full on foam. It is powerful as heck. Now I'm going to, you know, you can go to most stores and get a Reinhardt. They're pretty easy to find. Camel Fire has them. A lot of a lot of places have them. What I would say, though, is don't be afraid to go to Facebook Marketplace and buy a used Reinhardt. You're going to 
fall off your chair, whatever you're sitting on right now. But these things go for like 200 bucks. I got a used Reinhardt. And when I say used, it was shot at maybe four times. Like, I think the guy was just like, eh, archery's not for me. Like literally brand new. I mean, less four shots. I bought it for $20. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. Hey, whatever. I'm I'm that guy, okay? I'm not some sponsored crazy hunter. I I got a day job. Um you know, I I still have to kind of budget how I buy targets and supplies and stuff. That was amazing. I was blown away and I jumped on it quick. And so I got a $220 Reinhardt target for 20 bucks. Blown away, super amped. And I have shot the heck out of that target and it is taking it like a beast i shot broadheads at it uh right up till the season you know kind of dialing it that way holy smokes and it is very weatherproof i'd say i was a little worried about that you tend to not want to leave those out in in weather but you know i forget or rainstorm comes or in utah we had i've had so much snow this year it's just bonkers but so it has had a lot of precipitation on that thing, and it's held together super well. One little tip, depending on what kind of target you're using, you probably can't do this with bag targets. Maybe you can. I don't. I think it would be messy. But with like a block target, I've done this, um, and I could probably do it with a Reinhardt. So most foam targets, what you can do is you can go to Home Depot and get that foam filler. So this is something they use in construction, and we used it for renovating vintage campers and it's kind of good for insulation or like filling in a space with this foam stuff that expands and so I did this on a few of my targets actually over the years and you just stick the nozzle in the target and you just squeeze and it shoots in all this foam and it just fills in every little crevice and it's a really good way to kind of prolong the life of your target because you're literally putting in more foam um, you kind of have to have that stuff handy. It will get kind of, you know, uh, messed up pretty good. But like, let's say you're coming to the end of a seat or like you're just about to go hunting and you're right up until hunting season and your, your target's not looking very good for eight bucks. You can kind of breathe a little life into it with the, the foam filler versus, ah, oh, shoot, you know, hunting season's two weeks away. I'm still practicing. I'm still dialing in. I'm not really wanting to go buy a hundred dollar foam target right now. So I, I, I wouldn't suggest the foam filler for like, I want to set expectations. It's not going to like totally replace, but just give it a little bit more life. So you're not dropping another hundred bills on uh, a, a completely new target. So that's kind of cool. That's a little tip I've learned along the way. In terms of 3D targets, they're fun to shoot. I really do like shooting 3D targets. I had a 3D deer target that I shot for a very long time. Most of them have the replaceable vitals area, so you can just buy that piece and, and kind of swap it out as you go. Depending on the time of the year, too, um, you can get really good deals. So the one that I've shot before is the Shooter Buck. Uh, 3d deer archery target and i mean full price they're like 120 and and they do fairly well the one thing i don't love about 3d targets is 
they're hard to keep them like upright. And so you've really got to make sure you're installing them really well and you know, they're, they're sturdy. The other thing I don't love is just storage. Um, they're kind of a pain to store. And if you're kind of tight on space, like my garage right now, I don't know. I, if I had to go put a few 3D targets in there, I, I don't think I'd love that. So I love how the blocks, the foam blocks, just fit in places very easily. Even like camping, I really wouldn't want to bring a 3D target along when I'm at base camp. I've got way too much stuff going on. I've got a big canvas tent. I've got a camp chef stove. So 3D targets are fun to shoot. I think if you've got space for them, like if you've got a lot of shooting area, you've got a place to kind of store them, go nuts. I, I think go for it. Um, and, and again, depending on the time of the year, even like total archery challenge, they will sell off their old 3D targets, you know, so you can kind of get a good deal there. But again, shop around, it, you know, sometimes these target companies are doing big blowout sales and it's pretty awesome. I mean, I'm looking at the Shooterbug 3D right now, even on Amazon, it's, a, it's a 107 bucks, you know, down from 117. So, you know, not a bad deal there, um, but you can get it two to three hundreds in 3D, um, you know, moose, elk, made by Reinhardt pretty easily. So... But they're fun. I mean, it, it is kind of fun to shoot. And I do like getting the youth to shoot 3Ds because it really helps them understand shot placement. And it's easier to explain, you know, and kind of makes it as real as you can without actually having to be in front of a live animal. So it's good prep and, and it makes it kind of fun. The other one, this is I have not shot at a Matrix, but I do want to kind of bring this one up. I've looked at Matrix at expos and and have seen them matrix target system is a modular system so basically each module is like this little honeycomb or a square and they all kind of fit together and then you strap it down and it creates like a large target uh, this is probably the most expensive deal on the market their modular system is like 400 and 50 bucks but that said it is a very stout system and from what i've read and what i've seen people shoot these they are tough as heck so i think the reinhardt is a really good step up from the kind of more entry-level targets but the matrix is like the bentley of foam targets and it they last a long time if you go the matrix system, you're kind of stuck with the matrix system and not necessarily in a bad way, but when you replace a certain module, you know, they're 40 bucks or 50 bucks for the square and 70 for the hexagon. You're kind of in that system. Like you kind of need to stay with matrix, which isn't bad per se. I, I think if you're, you know, needing something that's super mobile, um, does fairly well, this is a good way to go. The other cool thing about this system that I do like is you can take it apart and just have these single little hexagon modules. And they're, te I mean, they're pretty small, right? They're probably, um, let's see, eight inches, you know, kind of shooting area. You can just take that little guy 
to Basecamp and shoot that and then dial in your site, make sure everything's dialed in right before you go shooting. And it's 14 inches long and eight inches of shooting area and it's four pounds. Not bad, not bad at all, you know, to kind of take that whole module apart and just shoot at this little eight inch target. Kind of cool, you know? So I like their thought process. I think they've really engineered the heck out of this thing. Good for them. Uh, it's nice to see other options, um, but you are gonna pay for it. It's, it's pretty gnarly, but you do, I mean, I don't know. Check out Matrix. I mean, the other thing too is it is more of a self-healing polymer. Again, I have not shot at them. I've I'm not totally up on speed of them. I really haven't had the budget to to drop on a Matrix, but they, from what I understand, they last a very long time. Okay, this last one I want to talk about. This is new. It just hit the market. I don't know if too many people have these in hand right now if they're shipping yet. This is, is cool, and I'm a marketer, so like I really appreciate the name of this thing. It's called a portable archery target, port a bowl, B U L L, and it's this kind of thick. Um, you know what it reminds me of? Is it reminds me of the Nintendo Power Pad? You remember these things where you'd run like you do the track game, and it's that power kind of thick plasticky pad and uh anyway if you know what i'm talking about you gotta you gotta message me but this is a portable archery target system and basically it rolls out so it's like this kind of roll-up material it's really only for camp i don't think you would do this uh you know in the backyard or because you have to tie it between two trees so again depends on where you're shooting depends what your backyard looks like but what's cool about this one is it comes with a specific little field tip. And what it does is it makes an ink imprint onto the target. So you shoot at this thing and it kind of helps you understand how your sight is. So it really is for the story behind it was he was, you know, wanting to dial in his sight, but he didn't. And he actually missed on a, on a pretty substantial animal. He was pretty bummed about that. And so he's like, dang it, I wish I would have had something. The cool thing about this is it's very mobile. This is almost something you could take backpacking with you. The thing I like about it too is it's got two handles. You gotta check this out, I'll link to it. It's got two handles, it rolls out. Uh, the thing I like about it is they said that you can actually like pack meat into it and like carry meat at this thing or even carry firewood. I'm like, that's cool. I, I actually really dig that. I think the multi-use thing is super, super ingenious. So props to them. It looks like they're out of Colorado. They've done a Kickstarter, an Indiegogo, and the whole system is 129 for the elk and, and the buck system. So it comes with the strap, it comes with the field tips, the whole system, what you need. So cool, you know, and that just, I got wind of that last fall and I was, I've been kind of watching it. I'm kind of like, I wonder how that's going. And, you know, I, I haven't jumped on it yet, but for the portability, I think it's cool and props to their marketing. I think that was super clever. So that's targets. You do get what you pay for. 
and the longevity of these things do go a long way. You can kind of repair them along the way. Um, the other thing I'll leave with this, I really do like foam targets because if you're doing paper or stickers, they stick really well on the foam. If you have a bag target, it's so much harder. And so when you're sighting in um, a site or you know putting tape on and you're kind of working on elevation or ele uh, left to right, and you are like sticking things to your target, a bag target is, it's hard. It's, it's a lot harder. It's, it's more of that just like ultra entry level, you know, budget friendly type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love targets. It's really fun. It is funny though, too, when you like bump up to like a really high end target, you just immediately are like, oh, this thing is sick. Like you just, it's that, it's kind of that graduation, right? Foam targets, another thing too, depending on what you're shooting. I saw this when I was shooting a lot of four millimeter diameter, like the gold tip pierces, the platinums. Those things, man, the penetration on those suckers are nuts. They will go very, very deep, uh, depending on your poundage as well. So make sure to dip your arrows. If you haven't heard of this, it's this like liquid in it. You, you dip like the first five or six inches of your arrow and it just puts this like kind of slickery coating on them. And uh, it's so much easier for pulling your arrows out of the target. Cause I've had it where like, I'm trying to pull an arrow out of a foam target and I just like can't. <laughs> it's like, it's in so far and on a fresh new foam target, that that thing is like yeah so you just got to watch that uh so dip your arrows nice little thing to have in the the shooting pack and and have that so i'll leave you with that and i you know hopefully you're you're finding good targets and maybe you want to upgrade and this kind of helped you but yeah a lot of a lot of good options out there um next thing i want to talk about is hunt expo salt lake city utah woohoo it was last weekend, and uh, it's a huge event. It's really cool. A lot of brands come out. A lot of top bow hunters in the industry come out. And just It's a really cool way for people to come together. All right, so I'm going to level with you, okay? Um, so my wife went on like a little girl's weekend and took off and left me with the kids, which was fine. I totally offered it, and... I stayed back and hung out with the kids all weekend. Well, it was the same weekend as Hunt Expo. Well, in my mind, I'm like, well, shoot, I'll just bring them along and it'll be fine. Well, I took my oldest son and my two youngers and my oldest son was, well, my two older sons were like loving it. You know, the taxidermy, the products, the free stickers, you know, they were just totally digging on it and it was a good time. Well, my youngest daughter, my sweet little seven-year-old, she was not a fan. She was like, eh. and it's not like she doesn't like the taxidermy or anything. It's just like to a little kid, like walking around a bunch of trade show booths. It, like in my mind, I'm like, man, that would be so fun. But then again, like, I don't know. I'm probably not very mature or I don't make a lot of sense sometimes. Anyway, she was not happy with it. She lasted about 15 minutes and was just kind of like, Eh, when can we go home? 
I was like, oh, shoot. So uh, we, we walked around. I think we made it about an hour, hour and a half, and with much bribes and me carrying her on my shoulders. And um, I, was, I was a little bummed, but then in the same vein, I was kind of like, you know what? Like, it is what it is. And I was happy to let my wife go. I wanted her to go and enjoy time away and give her a little bit of break. And when I look at the perspective of that, I'm thinking – man, she really picks up during hunting season. You know, I'm heading out at, you know, oh, dark 30, and, and she's got to run the kids to school, or I'm, I'm not coming back till later, and, and she's kind of single parenting for quite a bit of, of hunting season. And so, yeah, you know, would I have loved to just spend hours and hours at Hunt Expo? For sure. Totally would have. I would have loved that. But you know what? In hindsight, I just think like I'm really grateful for the time. I, I was able to go just for a little bit and just make sure my wife is taken care of. And, and the kids, you know, they were loving it for a bit, got a few stickers, but kind of tapped out. And, and that was totally fine. So full disclosure, that was my Hunt Expo recap there. I will say the one thing I did catch was Badlands. Oz coming out with this new bino case and it's looking pretty clean i am always trying to rethink my bino front pack case um i did run a magnetic front pack from badlands for the first five or six seasons really good system the only thing i didn't love was the bottom pouch where i put the rangefinder I'd be kind of like hiking along or whatever, and it would just randomly open because the rangefinder would pop out. And it was really distracting. I did not love that. So I have since moved on to the very basic, simple, simple, simple Vortex glass pack. It's like the free one you get when you buy binoculars. And it's just got these two little mesh pockets on the side with a little bit of lycra stretch. What I do, and I don't it's not going very well because it's only lasted about a season. But what I do is I get my Vortex rangefinder with the metal clip and I snap it into that mesh and to kind of hold it there. I love it because it's very portable and it's very handy. The only problem with that is the mesh is getting absolutely ripped apart. It looks awful. So thing I like about Badlands, what I noticed about them is, you know, they've got a separate rangefinder pack just for rangefinder. You're not trying to like double dip on one pack and make it do things it wasn't designed to do. Um, so props to Badlands. Definitely want to keep an eye out for that. And, and uh, yeah. Other than that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good brands there. It was fun to see everybody. There's a few little kind of new items that I'm wrapping my head around and going to research a little bit more and see if they're applicable. But I try to be kind of thoughtful of not getting too caught up in like, more, more, more. I really want to like, you know, use the gear I use, be thoughtful of it and make sure it's, it's doing a good job. So, but yeah, it's always fun to geek out on gear. I, I, I really enjoy it. Um, but I was able to get up at O dark 30 and do a mountain ops, uh, workout with Cameron Haynes. It was a keep hammering workout and Eric McCormick is, um, outlaw strength, outlaw underscore strength, on Instagram. Eric is just 
a complete beast. Oh my gosh, this guy. I've actually kind of seen him for a few years now. I've been able to go to a few mountain op um, workouts that he has led. I actually live very close to the mountain ops headquarters. I'm like literally five minutes from them. And they have a gym on their, on their headquarters. And they kind of opened it to the public for a while. And then since COVID, they kind of closed it down a little bit. And it's been a little bit more tighter knit. But uh, pretty cool. So I've, I've seen Eric over the years. And the guy is just, he is so contagious. Like his energy is phenomenal. He's so fun to be around. And he will push you. He will push you hard in, in the best way. Well, I want to walk through this workout because I think there was a few things that stood out to me that I want to pass along of just, they were kind of good reminders, I, I think. And so I just want to pass this along. And um, so, yeah, met down in Salt Lake. There was a little CrossFit gym there and, that we took over. And there's probably 80 people there. And a uh, good friend, Michael Merrill, was there. Uh, CEO of Mountain Ops was there, Trevor Farns. Um, and, of course, Cameron Haynes. It's fun to be around. And so, yeah, it's just cool to see people, like, get up that early and just ready to, like, push it and, and do some hard stuff. The first five or ten minutes, Eric kind of led us through a pretty extensive stretching routine. And I was just super thankful that he did that. I think sometimes we get into these workouts where it's like, come on, let's push it, let's go. And I really liked how he started off kind of toned down of like, let's not throw out shoulders today. Let's not totally wreck ourselves. And it's just a good reminder of me of like, maybe I, you know, when I go to the gym, maybe the only thing I do is stretch. You know, maybe I just really watch uh, injury prevention. And so there was tons of camera guys around and they're all shooting footage for like, you know, mountain ops and Cameron Haynes and stuff. And it's, so funny because I'm, I'm watching these guys like shoot all this footage and I'm thinking I really can't wait to see this video not because of like the whole Instagram vibe thing but more of I want to remember the stretches that Eric was walking us through because like seriously I've never felt that good and I have to really watch my knees and so loved that stretch routine it was just it was very methodical and, and really cool the next thing he took us through was this like freaking core workout that I've never done before and it was it was super intense so basically it was like you're doing crunches and then you lift up your feet and you're doing scissor kicks and then bicycles and just all these different alterations of just core I look over and Eric outlaw strength I mean, I'm looking over this guy his feet haven't touched the ground in like eight minutes and I'm just like how is this guy doing it holy smokes Super, super impressive, <laughs> man. And then at the end of the core workout, I mean, everyone's just feeling it. I mean, they're all like, we're all just feeling it. You start to feel these cramps, you know, hit these. I'm still sore. I'm actually squeezing my stomach right now. I'm like, dang, I was feeling it. Uh, but it's funny, like at the end of that little core workout, Eric's like, yeah, I do that every day. And I'm just like, holy smokes. <laughs> It's like, dang, man. So it was pretty cool. It was it was cool to see that, like, there's probably some more I could do there in the core. Uh, then we got up and we ran a mile. Nothing outrageous there. I think that just kind of taught me, like, when you're doing a workout, 
throw in a run, even if it's a half a mile on the treadmill or a mile, just good to get the body going. And it was frigid. I was so glad I grabbed my hoodie, but we went out there. It was probably 15 and it was still dark. Obviously, whoo, that was cold. That was absolutely frigid, but, uh, but fun. It was fun to get out, do something a little uncomfortable and then come back. And we did this big CrossFit circuit of kind of a mix of pull-ups, um, box jumps, throwing the medicine ball up and down and the assault bike. So it was kind of fun. It it was, it was really cool. And uh, it was cool to just kind of connect with some, some longtime friends, you know, that I've met over the years. And, um, and so, yeah, that was the mountain ops workout recap. I think it just kind of taught me that like, it's really easy to hit a plateau in training and kind of do the same thing over and over. And I just kind of need to stay ahead of that. I do tend to kind of do things by myself, a little bit of a lone wolf. You probably picked that up about me if you've listened to the show at length. I kind of want to get out of that. And I think my kids are helping me that I, I like to do more things with my kids. That was definitely the theme of this hunting season. But on a workout level, yeah, I tend not to like work out with other people. But Things like that, I'd say if you ever get those opportunities, I know a lot of brands do that. They'll try to bring people together, meet up at a CrossFit gym, and just you know uh, offer up a workout. I'd say go do it. it. It was definitely worth it. I got a brand new black Mountain Ops hat. It is like shiny and perfect. And I'm like, I wonder how long that's going to last because I tend to like really wear out my hats poorly. But I love a new hat. That was cool. And then they also gave everybody the BCAA uh, recovery supplement. And it's the pineapple. Man, I'm digging that pineapple. Woo, that's a good flavor. I love it. Oh, my gosh. It was funny. I asked Trevor, too, who uh, is president of Mountain Ops. I said, okay, Trevor, lay it on me. I always ask him this question every time I see him. I'm always like, what's your favorite Mountain Ops flavor right now? And he was like, he's like, pineapple, it's really good. So it was cool that they gave that. The other one he said was the lime Ricky or the Ricky one. Um, he said that's, that's a pretty good one too. So let me know what supplements you're liking. I, I've kind of bopped around actually. I haven't been super loyal to one or the other. I've actually tried Bucked Up uh, this last year as well. Bucked Up's pretty intense, I got to say. It really gives you the massive jitters which some people like that because they feel like it's working. Sometimes I don't love that because like I'll time it wrong and I'll be driving home from the gym and I'm still super jittery, you know? So I'm like, shoot, I probably should have kept going another 30 minutes. Anyway, you know, sometimes I'm kind of a flavor guy though too. Like if it doesn't taste good, I don't really um, love it. So yeah, flavor, flavor is ever important to me. So let me know which ones you're liking. I've been around Mountain Ops probably the most just because, like, they're local. And I've been able to, like, sample a lot of their stuff and, you know, get to know those folks. Pretty fun there. But, uh, yeah, I'd be kind of curious. And if there's a particular supplement you're kind of curious about, um, let me know. I mean, maybe someone's there who could join on the podcast and really kind of break down nutrition a little bit more. I love to kind of dive in deeper into some of that stuff and not just – you know, get sucked into marketing. So I like to, you know, I think it's important to challenge some of these brands of like, Hey, 
what did you really put in, behind this and stuff. The other one that I also tried to recently was a recovery from first mission or mission supplements. Gosh, I'm spacing the name. That's terrible. It's fine. I don't know. I, yeah, I I don't know if I'm like, oh my gosh, I changed my life or anything. I I think we have to be a little bit more in control of what happens with our bodies. We can't just rely on these supplements. So while they're fun, they're cool brands and Mountain Ops has definitely like built a really fun brand. Um, I, I don't think any product that they make or anyone makes is like the end all you still got to make good, solid health choices. Drink a lot of water, water, stay active, you know, watch your diet. And also a little update. I updated everyone an episode or two ago. I got rid of a lot of junk in our pantry, got rid of all the high fructose, hydrogenated oil, all the junk that is going in our food. And I'm on week two, going on to three of that change. And man, I feel good. I was just talking to my brother-in-law this morning. He's like, Hey, how, how's it going with soda? And I said, fine. Like I'm not, I'm less and less craving it. And when I do have a soda, I really enjoy it. You know, I, I'm not just like drinking it to drink it. It, you know, I had a Dr. Pepper the other day and I think it took me four hours to drink it. And it was like 16 ounces. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. I I didn't feel like I was overloaded and I don't think sugar is a bad thing. I think a massive amount of sugar in a highly imbalanced lifestyle is a bad thing. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good to kind of cut a lot of sugar out of our condiments and meal prep has been going really well too. Actually, I've been doing a lot more quinoa and like cooking chicken or venison in like a big batch and just having it on the ready And I got to tell you, mentally, when food is ready and sitting in your fridge and all you have to do is like warm it up is so like much better. I didn't realize how much of a mental battle that was of like, ah, shoot, I got to go cook rice or I got to go cook like a base and then put it with a protein. That meal prep right there just saves, saves so much. And I did come up with that Greek sauce. I, I made my own. Um, mentioned this in the last one too, man, it's good. You do like a yogurt base with like dill, lemon, a few other things. It's been kind of fun to shake things up. So yeah, let me know what you're kind of doing with maybe some lifestyle changes that you're, you're doing. I'd love to hear it. Cause I'm just kind of in that mode right now of like, what else can I refine? What else can I do? And that's probably just kind of an off season type thing. We tend to stand back and kind of look at other things we can optimize in our life, you know, and prep. Because, man, I got to tell you, I'm getting excited for hunting season, and it's just barely February, and I'm like, okay, I got (laughs) to fill my time with some things. So it's, yeah, no, it'll be good. I'm, I'm super amped, a lot of good things happening, so. All right. Well, that was episode 55, uh, some recommendations on targets, difference between bags, foam, high end, low end, and then little recap of, uh, hunt expo. If you want to get into hunt expo next year, it's definitely worth it. I mean, it's a lot of people do travel in for it, but it is fun. Like if you've never been, if you haven't been around brands and, you know, get some really good discounts on, 
on the latest and greatest gear. It is is super, super good time. So if you can make it out, uh, love it. And of course, I'm here in Salt Lake, so easy, easy one for me. If there's any other shows that you like or expos, let me know. Uh, I kind of got the bug a little bit. I was kind of like, man, this is kind of fun, you know, some off-season activity. I uh, don't quote me on this, but I guess you can or hold me to it. I don't know. I really, really want to do a first-generation bow hunter booth, like a little ten by ten. And let me know what you think of this idea. Hunt, hunt expo so i've got a few ideas this is it, it you don't have to listen to this part of the podcast you can you can pause now and go about your day but this is like some some serious uh tangent type stuff so i want to do a first generation bow hunter booth i think it'd be really cool so i've got to like look at the funds and try to fund this thing but what i want to do is i want to put like one of my first bucks up it's a little two-pointer buck. It's, it's not big at all. And I want to put the other buck that my son got. And again, a little four-point, like really small. And I like want them presented, you know. Because like when you go to these expos, it's all about like world records and elk and massive and wild game and stuff. And I almost want to like embrace like those first few bucks that you get, right? Like just kind of like remember of where we all started is kind of my, my thought process there. And then I also want to put like a big freezer <laughs> in the middle of the booth. That's like, just like celebrating filling the freezer. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like as a first generation bow hunter, I still love that. And I still want to like do that. And I'm still in that stage. And I think a lot of people are as well. Like they just want to get a doe, you know, they just want to get meat, right? So I want to do that. And then another concept I have, another idea is doing a vending machine. And so like have fun with people, like do some trivia or some kind of game, right? And then if they win, they can go to the vending machine and like get a prize. So I think prizes could be like, you know, I don't know, little, little cool like piece of gear. You know, like maybe it's broadheads. I don't know if I want to have broadheads being passed out. That's probably unsafe. <laughs> but like, I don't know, like little fun, like pocket knives or um, these clean wipes I just got. It's called Clean Freak. Those things are sick. And they smell awesome. They have unscented smells too, but it's like these little wipes you could do. Um, I'm just looking around all my gear right now of like what else I'd give away. But like, or even like put a little certificate for like, hey, this gets you 50 bucks at Badlands or so just a few ideas there. I don't know if I'm totally crazy or off my rocker. If that like resonates with you and you're like, dude, I would totally check out your 10 by 10 first generation bow hunter booth. I could be sick. The other thing I would want to do is set up a little area with like some slight soundproofing and actually like welcome anybody to come up and just do some fun episodes and just like have people, you know, tell their stories of like what it's like to be starting out. So I got a year, I've got a year to, you know, kind of concept this out, pull it together. And anyway, just kind of the ramblings of Adam is uh, what that is right there at its best. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Please share it. And if you got a minute, jump over to Apple Podcasts, drop a review. That is super, super helpful. And it's honestly, seriously, in the last week, that's made a big difference. Like 
people are finding this. It's really cool and uh, fun to keep producing. So, all right, drop me a line, Adam underscore Buchanan on Instagram. If you've got any fun stories or questions, any ideas for shows, be happy to take them and tackle whatever we can for bow hunting. All right, we'll see you on the next episode.